We don't mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go. from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our Sovereign Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is in the captain's chair. He's at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. Today is Wednesday, November 1st, 2023, and you are listening to episode 626, and we'll be doing a reading out of Job chapter 25. All right. The second half of the show is called Sleep Awakened and Back to Sleep. That's right. Sleep, awaken, and back to sleep. That's going to be the second half of the show here. So let's get into the daily disclaimer. I want to clarify that I am not a doctor, holistic health expert, financial advisor, pastor, priest, deacon, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I do not possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. I do not have any political degrees or have had any involvement with any unconstitutional three-letter corrupt agencies like the CIA, FBI, and while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I also want to emphasize that I have no affiliation with other groups who try to mimic the lawful assembly like the American States Assembly, National Liberty Life Force, Beacon 37, RUSA, and yes, that 501c3 scumbag organization called Tactical Civics or any other organization outside the Michigan model. And I'm not involved with any fraudulent status correcting associated with AVR, Bobby Lawrence, David Strait and Company, and furthermore, I do not endorse or advocate for violence. 
I'm also not a party to any deep state cult Freemasons, nor am I one of the many reprobative miscreants who are actively trying to implode the general general assemblies across this land. And please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes, unless otherwise referenced. So there you all go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. And if you happen to be a Karen or a Darren, well, I do apologize because there's a, a select few uh, individuals that I have in mind when I say that. But calm down, okay? I have Karens in my own family. My grandmothers are Karen. I have an Aunt Karen, actually a late Aunt Karen, God rest her soul. My wife's got an Aunt Karen. So before you start going off the deep end on me, be like, oh, that's not funny, Jason. My name is Karen. Yeah, I got Karens in my family too. And they're nice people. So just chill out. I tell you. Snowflakes. That's all they are. All snowflakes. All right. So... I got I got to share this story with you. So first off, <clears throat> let me just let me just address the elephant in the room. So obviously I was supposed to do a live uh, later on this evening at 7 p.m. Uh, that got changed just because uh, Brock wasn't feeling well. Not sure what's going on. So keep your prayers up for Brock. Hopefully he feels well. <clears throat> I didn't question it much. I just accept it as part of God's will. It is what it is. Not a big deal. I was going to do a recording drop, but I figured, you know what? Nah, I'm just going to do a quick live. I'll do another live tomorrow, but I'm going to do one in the morning because tomorrow I'm off of work. Then I work Friday. Then I'm off Saturday and Sunday. <clears throat> so I'm probably going to do a, a live show tomorrow morning. Um, just, you know, for the record. Um, so again, not sure when we'll do a reschedule or if there will be a reschedule. I'm not sure. I'm hoping there will be. I mean, so hopefully we'll see. Um, yeah, like I said, it was kind of like a last minute spur of the moment thing. Not sure exactly what went on there, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I trust God's got a greater plan here because, um, you know, like I said, I had a really deep conversation with him the other day and, um, you know, he's he's I feel like he's guiding me. So I'm not really too worried about it. But man, we got a ton of snow here yesterday and I blame Destry, the frosty, the snowman up there in Alaska because he shipped all that crap down here. That wasn't nice, dude. That was not nice. We got like 10, 11 inches in a matter of like six freaking hours. And it was that wet, heavy, slushy crap that you get in April, <laughs> that you get in April right before it hits spring. You know, the back-breaking snow when you're shoveling. That sucks. And I appreciate it. I hope you got a good deal on that express shipping. He says, he types in the chat, express shipping, LOL. <laughs> Yeah, that sucked. So yesterday I was going to do a recording drop, but I ended up helping a bunch of neighbors uh, shoveling because even people snowblowers were getting clogged up and choked up. There's no, you know, people snowblowers couldn't keep up. So we just ended up, uh, you know, doing a big group effort. And we just ended up helping a bunch of people shovel their driveway. So needless to say, I'm still pretty sore about that um, or from that, I should say. Uh, so let's see here. I'm just trying to think which avenue I want to go today on. So I, I want to share a story with you before I kind of get rocking on the show. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and for the record, this is kind of interesting. So this goes to show you exactly got, I mean, obviously I know this did, this does not apply for the rest of the country, but for West Michigan, it was simply amazingly epic how this all worked out. So we got all this freakish, you know, freakish snow yesterday, right? Haven't had a snow like this 
ever on a Halloween, at least not for a long time. It's been years. So a few townships ended up canceling and rescheduling Halloween, right? Trick-or-treating, which I don't care because we don't participate in it, right? We ended up going out to eat anyways with our in-laws because there was still trick-or-treating going on in some places, not in our neighborhood. Well, apparently the city of Muskegon and other surrounding townships, they canceled it. They're going to, they said at first they said, oh, we're going to reschedule it for November 1st. And then it created a bunch of confusion because some townships were saying they were doing it. Some were saying they weren't. Some were saying they were going to get it rescheduled for today. Now some are saying, well, we're going to reschedule it for Friday evening. Nobody knows what the heck is going on. And quite frankly, I think it's funny as hell because this whole area literally has no trick-or-treating. I honestly think it's God working because, you know, I, look, I, I actually have been praying lately. I said, God, please put the blood of Jesus on this land. Protect us. Give us a hedge of protection. And quite frankly, the fact of the matter is, is that this area, this centralized area got pounded with snow when everybody else didn't really get pounded with snow and, you know, trick-or-treating went on. I think it's amazing because like literally my wife was keeping up with this and she was saying, she goes, it's a literal S show, like S-H-I-T. It's an S show. Nobody knows what's going on. No townships knows what's going on or people that live in other townships. They're getting so many mixed messages. I think it's great. And the, you, know, you know what I say to that? Not today, Satan. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's absolutely great. And I agree with Destry. He says, God put the screws to demon worshiping. That's right. That's right. And then Oscar says, just wait till they call the snow black. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, so earlier today, I, I got to share this story with you. This is beyond stupid. I actually had a pretty good day at work. And I got to my last gas station out in Allegan. And the way this particular gas station is set up, I have to roll my truck between the store and the pumps. And then I have to kind of do a U-turn type of maneuvers to go back to the road. So I'm accessing the store's property from a side road. I basically am blocking a ton of traffic, you know, like basically I got to go between the store and the pumps. And then I got to go like I'm leaving and go back out on the road and then back my truck in to where I got to deliver. Well, because parking there pretty much sucks, a lot of people park in front of the store under the canopy. And, you know, it, it's not really meant for parking, but people park there anyways. Well, there's three cars there. I'll make a long story short. I roll up. I nose my truck to the first car. So then when that car leaves, I nose up to the next one until all three of them leave. And then I can, you know, have enough room to pull around. So at this point, my trailer is sticking out in the road. First guy comes out, gets in his car, leaves. I nose up. Uh, there's two cars left. The next person comes out, gets in the last car and leaves. I'm like, okay, great. Got one more car to wait for. Cool. So a guy walks out. He's got food in hand, like nachos, you know, the garbage gas station food that they sell. And he gets in the passenger side. I'm like, okay, clearly he's not the driver. All right. And I'm, I usually exhibit some pretty decent patience when I'm waiting for people, right? Because obviously, look, it's not their fault that I got there at the same time as them. So I try to be patient and I try to wait. You know, I, I, some, some gas haulers are straight up a-holes about it and they will like make people move like instantly. Like they'll go chase them down in the store. Like, yo, you got to move your car like right now. 
Like, I don't see a need for that. I think, quite frankly, I think it's bull crap. So I don't do that. So I just wait. So finally, the lady who drives that car comes out. She's got a bunch of gas station food, nachos, right? And all that other crap that Speedway sells. And she gets in her car. She sits down, gets situated. I see that she starts the car. I'm like, okay, great. You know, she's getting herself situated. So I remain patient. I'm like, okay, cool. And then, um, you know, she puts her seatbelt on. I'm like, that's great. Safety first. I, I, I can appreciate that. And then she you know, gets on her phone real quick just to check something, you know, and then, uh, you know, puts it down within like 10 seconds. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I can appreciate that too. You know, check your messages before you get driving, avoid texting and driving. I'm on board with that. Cool. And then like, she's talking to the guy next to her, her, right? And I'm like sitting there staring at them. Like I'm literally like the front of my truck is literally two feet away from the front of their front bumper. So I'm like looking at them. Like I can make eye contact with them. So now I'm just kind of looking at into their car, just waiting patiently for them to move. Clearly I'm a big, huge ass truck, big 126,000 pounds of 50 foot worth of freaking aluminum steel and God knows what else and a ton of gas ready to get dropped. They sit there having a conversation as if I don't exist. I'm like, okay, clearly you got to know I'm here. So she stops talking for a second. She grabs her damn nachos. She grabs her freaking nachos and starts eating. Now, at this point, I'm freaking staring daggers at these people. Daggers. And if it wasn't for the employee, the store employee, who is literally right next to my truck, um, changing some signage on the store on the outside, that's typically where I lay on the air horn a couple times to get them to move. But I didn't want to blow homeboy's eardrums out. So I get out of the truck. So I, I pull the air brakes. I get out. And I walk right up to her window. And she's looking at me just completely dumbfounded, just not even sure what the heck I'm doing there. So I do the little universal signal and I twirl my finger to, you know, hey, roll down your window. She rolls down her window. I'm like, you plan on moving anytime soon? Because I kind of got places to go and gas to drop like right now. Oh, I thought you were already set up. I thought you were delivering. I'm like, do you, do you see me delivering? Do you see hoses out? Because I'm pretty sure I'm not delivering. Could you please take your nachos and move somewhere else on the property and eat somewhere else? Because I got stuff to do. Oh, okay. Not even a sorry, nothing. Like just completely. I swear. I think I ran into, two, I, I swear these were two of the dumbest people in Allegan County that I think I ran into today. I couldn't believe what the heck I was seeing. Well, Jason, that's not very nice. I, no, you don't understand. When people are ignorantly stupid and oblivious to a big ass truck. And clearly you got, I got my hazards on. I got everything flashing like a Christmas tree. Clearly, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere. It was, a, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I, I just, I was beyond words. I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> anyway, I like what Chris says because he's not wrong. He's because he used to drive truck too. He says it was always the EB Brown guy and the pop guy always in the way. <laughs> That's right. 
it's always an E.B. Brown freaking food delivery guy and the pop guy. You know, honestly, the pop guys never get in my way. They actually stay out of my way. It's always, you know who the nicest people? Like, okay. So it's funny. I think if I recall correctly, I think Chris here in Michigan, I think he used to deliver fuel too on the other side of the state. And what's funny, because he knows. Now, E.B. Brown delivers food at these gas stations, right? They're always in the way. Then there's the pop delivery guys. They're generally pretty cool. They usually get out of my way pretty quickly. Um, yeah, that's right. He, yeah, he, he hauled fuel for 12 years. Now, it's typically the beer guys that are the biggest dinkuses to deal with. I, I One day, before Jason calmed down and got Christ in his heart, I about got in a fight with a Bud Light guy. Yeah, the Dylan McAvaney or whatever uh, beer guy. <laughs> I mean, this guy was a straight up, I'm not even going to go there. Like This guy was a butthead. And he would not move. I I stayed out there. I, I even told the gas station manager, I said, I'm taking your load somewhere else because I actually reserve that right. Your beer guy is on top of my delivery area, and I'm about to take this somewhere else. So either you get your Bud Light guy to move off my unloading zone, or you're not getting gas today. Because again, I reserve that right. My boss will back us up on that. We take precedence over that beer. Well, needless to say, I won that argument. He had to move. That was great. But the milk guys, the milk delivery guys, the nicest people ever. I don't know what it is, but everywhere that if there was a milk truck in my way, they got in that truck and they moved it in an instant. I'm like, wow, I'm like you guys are nice. I really like you guys. Really nice. Thank you. So anyway. So that just gives you a little insight to what my stupid, chaotic days look like uh, as a fuel hauler. And the only one in this uh, chat here that can really sympathize, other than Destry, but he's never really hauled fuel, but he's driven truck. Um, he's in the trucking industry. Is Chris in Michigan, hauled fuel 12 years. So anyway, um, <laughs> Chris in Michigan says, go to watch out for those guys. They might hit you with a rainbow flag. <laughs> Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So anyway, that was my day. So, all right. So earlier today, I was listening to Kirk's Law Corner, right? His Monday Night Law that he did this past Monday. And he mentioned something that kind of struck me, uh, kind of perked my ears up. He says, you know, only 6% of Americans are truly awakened to the ongoing, you know, issues we got around the world. Like everything, right? Like the, the stuff that most people are asleep to. You know, like the continuity government, for example, and everything else, right? Now, I can't obviously confirm the accuracy of that statistic. I'd really like to know where he actually got that stat from. But it doesn't surprise me because where I work at in my fleet, including my boss, we have 22, 22 people. All right, 22 people that work in my fleet, including my boss. Okay. It's just me and one other guy that actually is awakened to all the crazy complexities of the world and, you know, everything that's going on. I mean, like fully awake. Like fully awake, right? The whole adrenochrome thing, uh, you know, the demonic worship and, you know, CIA Mockingbird media and uh, mass, you know, mass, you know, psychosis, you know, all that. Like me and one other guy out of 22 people, there's just two of us. Now, if you break down the math on that, that's about 9%, which kind of aligns with what Kirk was saying. Now, I would venture to estimate that it's more along the lines of 7 or 8%. All right. We'll kind of meet in the middle there. All right. 
But I'd be willing to bet that about seven or eight percent of Americans are really awakened to like what's really going on. I mean, realistically. And many people often wonder, well, when are we going to see meaningful change? Like when stuff when's stuff gonna happen? When's stuff gonna happen? Well, like Kirk mentioned on his recent, you know, like I said, on his Monday night law show this past uh Monday, a couple of days ago, we're not gonna be able to restore our republic or send delegates to our Congress by the people in assembly, by the way. Um you know, to do the people's work and represent the people's interest unless more people become aware of the atrocities and the injustices that are happening in our country and around the world for that matter. See, these issues range from human trafficking, right? Child sex slavery to adrenochrome harvesting to money laundering to other crimes against humanity. I mean, there's so many things. The list goes on and on and on. Corruption, you know, election interference. It, it just, it goes on and on and on. And some may even be unaware that, you know, certain processed foods and grocery stores and certain restaurants, <coughs> McDonald's, um, certainly have questionable ingredients. Like, I don't know, maybe traces of human meat. And so here's the thing. Until a higher percentage of people fully comprehend the extent of the problems and recognize the true nature of these, you know, of those that are need to be held responsible right? These entities that seemingly, you know, possess, that are possessed by, you know, malevolence. We're not going to make any real meaningful progress. Now, it's crucial that people take action based on their knowledge, as well as, you know, uh, here's the thing, because if people don't, we're going to continue enduring these hardships, right? I mean, we're literally at a battle of life and death right now. We are at war. I mean, Kirk is right. We are at war. And we cannot afford a potential bloodbath in this country as it would be devastating and irreparable. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. All right. We still, we continually see and observe various developments that are occurring, right? The things that are just drip, drip, and a little bit of flood, drip, drip, flood, right? Little things that are getting revealed to us, right? From the mainstream media to different podcasters. And even if you're, you know, watching military aircraft uh, radar, and even, like I said, paying attention to the executive orders and all that stuff, and, and paying attention to the speeches from Donald Trump, it continues to keep shedding light on what's happening, what's going on, right? And it's clear that more information is being disclosed to gradually awaken people. But we must be cautious not to jolt people awake too suddenly as it might have adverse consequences. So instead, we need to aim to gently and patiently guide these people to fuller understandings of truth. I mean, that's really all there is to it. That's all there is to it, right? So, um, so anyway. So without further ado, let's get into Joe. So today, oh, you know what? And I actually mistyped the title. So I'm actually, we're going to be doing a reading of Job chapter 25 and 26, because chapter 25 only has six verses in it. All right. And then chapter 26 has 14. So we're doing two chapters today. Okay. Kind of make up for yesterday's uh, spur of the moment cancellation. Um, I'm just reading something here. Da, 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 da. Okay, I'm just reading, 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 reading. Okay, I'll have to get back to that one. So let's get to Job chapter 25 and 26, reading out of the 1599 Geneva Bible. We'll take a quick little uh, 30, 40 second break, and then we'll get to the second half of the show 
sleep awakened and back to sleep again. All right, Job chapter 25. Uh, so Bildad, okay, this first chapter or chapter 25 here, Bildad basically proves that no man is clear, right, or clean, nor without sin before God. So it starts off with verse one by saying, then answered Bildad the Shuite and said, power and fear is with him that makes peace in his places. Is there any number in his armies and upon whom shall not his light arise? And how may a man be justified with God or how can he be clean that is born of woman? Behold, he will give no light to the moon, and the stars are unclean in his sight. How much more man, a worm, even the son of man, which is but a worm. And that is the reading of Job chapter 25. And we will continue here in Job chapter 26, because like I said, there was only six verses over there. So Job chapter 26, starting with verse 1, says, But Job answered and said, Whom helps you? Him that has no power, save you the arm that has no strength. Whom counsels you? Him that has no wisdom, you shall you show right well as the thing is. Now to whom do you declare these words, or whose spirit comes out of thee? The dead things are formed under the waters and near unto them. The grave is naked before him, and there is no covering for destruction. He stretches out the, to the north over the empty place and hangs the earth upon nothing. He binds the waters in his clouds, and the cloud is not broken under them. He holds back the face of his throne and spreads his cloud upon it. He has set bounds about, excuse me, he has set bounds about the waters until the day and night come to an end. The pit, that's interesting. I need to reread that again. He has set bounds about the waters until the day and night come to an end. Okay. Uh, the pillars of heaven tremble and quake at his reproof. The sea is calm by his power, and by his understanding he smites the pride thereof. His spirit has garnished the heavens, and he, his hand has formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are part of his ways, but how little a portion hear we of him, and who can understand his fearful power? And that is the reading of Job chapter 26, verses 1 to 14. So again, two chapters, because they were both fairly short. And um, hold on a second. Sorry, guys. Respond to a text. You know, no, I'm going to respond right here on the air. We are going to be getting pizza, babe. Stop texting. We're going to do that. Okay. So you were on the phone with my mom. So we're going to be, we're going to just decide to do a lot. There we go. I don't want to text because that's just too much for me. There you go. You guys got involved in a, a little, a little back and forth communication here on the, on the podcast. See, only I can do that because it's fun. You know, we should do a bug a wife segment actually, since she's decided to, infiltrate with a with a text here we should do a bug a wife segment <laughs> so in job 25 bildad emphasizes that vastness and purity of god suggesting that even the moon and stars are not entirely clean in his sight and he underscores the inherent imperfection of humanity highlighting our unworthiness before god now job 26 on the other hand is job's response right so you had Bildad's, uh, you know, what he said, and then 26 was Job's response. And Job's response was basically where he questions the limitations of, of man, right? Understanding the futility of attempting to assist or counsel God who is beyond human comprehension. Now, in our modern world today, um, <clears throat> excuse me. These chapters offer obvious, profound insights because they remind us of the humility 
and the reverence that we should maintain before God, right? Just as Bildad underscores the inadequacy of man, right, and man's righteousness before God, we need to recognize our limitations and imperfections of our actions. Now, in a world where human pride often prevails, acknowledging our humble place in the ground scheme of things is a valuable lesson. Now, Job's response also teaches us about the mystery and majesty of God's creation. See, Job marvels at the wonders of the natural world and the earth suspended in space because it hangs in nothingness and the boundaries of the oceans and the intricacies of the heavens. Now, this inspires us or should inspire us to appreciate the awe and beauty of the universe and to approach it with wonder and respect. But see, in a modern context, these chapters encourage us to cultivate humility, recognizing that we don't have all the answers and that some aspects of existence remain beyond our understanding naturally, right? Because they all call on us to respect the natural world and the forces that govern it. See, we need to approach the complexities of life in the universe with a sense of reverence and curiosity, you know, seeking to understand and appreciate the grandeur of the creation without trying to control it. Like, I don't understand what our need of trying to control this world. I, I just don't understand why so many feel the need to do that. Can't, can't we just like just live on this, you know, this rock and just enjoy the creation that God set for us? I, I just don't understand it. Right. I just don't understand it. So overall, in summary, you know, the messages or the message from Job 25 and 26 basically invites us to embrace humility, right? Wonder and reverence in our relationship with God and the natural world. And it's also a reminder that in our modern lives, there is much that we still don't know about or can control. You need to remember that because God's only in control. And that recognizing our place within this grand tapestry of existence can lead to deeper wisdom and appreciation of the mysteries of life. I mean, stop, stop trying to understand stuff that's beyond our comprehension. Just enjoy the beauty that God put before us. Can't, can't we just do that? I mean, it's very simple. Just enjoy. Just enjoy. All right, let's get to the prayer. All right, Heavenly Father, so in the quiet moments of our lives, we, we come before you with hearts filled with gratitude, as always. We acknowledge the vastness of your creation and the mysteries that surround us, just as the moon and stars shine with their own imperfections. And so do we, your humble children, carry our flaws and limitations. We ask that you help us embrace humility as we recognize that there is, you know, there are aspects of life and existence that remain beyond our understanding. And we just ask that you help give us you know, wisdom to accept our place in the universe and to approach everything with a sense of just simple curiosity and wonder. We ask that you guide us to live with open hearts and open minds, ready to learn from the world around us. And in our pursuit of knowledge and understanding, may we always remember the limits of man's wisdom and remain in all of your divine power. And we pray all this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Amen, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we will be right back. I'm going to take a quick second, a little bit of a break, and we will continue on the other side here. Be right back, guys.
right. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, got a TikTok video, a couple TikTok videos that my wife sent me that I figured I'd share with you. I think this is kind of interesting, kind of considering the fact that Halloween here in our neck of the woods got pushed a day later, which again, nobody knows what the hell's going on. So, who knows really what that, you know, if, if that's even true. Because like I said, um, it, everything's just a big confusing mess for everybody, which I think is funny because like I said, me, my wife and our daughter, we don't celebrate Halloween. So we're just sitting back watching the chaos, watching parents just throw a big fit on social media. Like, oh, this is such bull crap. I can't believe they're canceling Halloween. Oh, I can't get all my sugar for my kid. Ah. Yeah, just acting like a bunch of crazies, like a bunch of crazies. Um. So the first thing I want to play, let's let's play this one video first. So this is very interesting. This this is a, a girl who was a former witch. Okay. I got two video. I got three audios total that I'm gonna do today. All right. Um, this ain't gonna be too long of a show, but um I wanted to at least play these. And then tomorrow I'm gonna do a live show tomorrow. See, I think there's a reason why things are occurring the way they're occurring. Cause I really do believe God is steering me towards a certain direction right now, as far as like what the cover is on content here on the show. See, there is so many podcasters and so many influencers out there that are talking about almost similar stuff, right? With the military and this and that, and what's going on with the rainbow currency. And this is what's happening here. And this is what's happening there. And Joe Biden, this and Joe Biden, that and all that. everybody's talking about similar crap, but really it means nothing until we reassemble our states. Here's the thing, folks, military is waiting on us. Okay. So if we're going to just cut the brass tacks, there's really nothing relevant to discuss until we get our assembly of states situated. That, I mean, that's really all there is to it. So everything else that anybody else talks about, I don't give a crap who they are. You can have all the special forces, you know, guest on your show. You can have all the experts from this hospital or this doctor or whatever on your show discussing, you know, how COVID shots are bad. And But you could have you could have all these pointless conversations. And I'm not saying that they're pointless, but, you know. We're, we've been hearing the same crap for years now, for the last few years. It gets old. Okay, nothing is as important as two things right first. Okay, number one, our children and saving our, our, our you know, women and children and even men too. There's, there's guys out there that are labor, you know, that are human trafficked for labor. Okay, I've been digging a lot into this Truckers Against Trafficking app uh, and website, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts from uh, truckers against trafficking. And I've just been really, really digging deep into that. And I just feel like God is pushing me in that direction. So there's only two things that's really relevant, saving our women, children, and, and other people from human trafficking and reassembling our country so we can establish a de jure constitutional form of government, get our republic back, and start sending delegates to Congress to do the people's work. That's it. That's all we really need to be talking about. Oh, in God's word. Okay, in God's word. So everything else is just, I'm, I'm not going to say bull crap, but it's, it's. Oh, industry says, yeah, exchange your dinar next Tuesday since 2003. 20 years later, people still ready for next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's no, that's no kidding. That is absolutely no kidding. All right, let me play this first clip, though. So this is a former witch who turned her life to Christ. 
But listen to what she has to say. This is really, really interesting. So it's the same girl, two different videos. Cut one, go. Really curse every single aspect that involves this holiday. And Hold on, let me replay it, restart it. No, no, no. Oh, come on. I hate internet. Do it. I love when people ask my opinion on things because this is always my answer. My opinion doesn't matter. Because, sis, if my opinion opposes the word of God, I am just wrong. Ephesians 5.11 says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So let's get started. I want to start with a question to probe your mind. You ever seen any devoted Satanists walking into your church on Easter Sunday just to hang out? No, there's a reason for that. Matthew 6.24 says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Notice how I asked you about a devoted Satanist. I ain't talking about the lukewarm. You see, a devoted Satanist is not going to come and hang out with another master. He's not going to come and commune with another fellowship of faith. He's not going to put himself in a situation to even seemingly agree with the other side. He's devoted. But we as Christians have no problem fellowshipping with darkness because it's just one night a year. Let's look at a direct quote from the founder of the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey. He says, and I quote, I want to thank every Christian for allowing their children to celebrate the devil for one night a year. Yep. He then goes on to thank the parents of these children for allowing him to change their identity by dressing them up for just one night a year. He continues to thank Christian parents for doing spiritual sacrifices on Halloween without their consent and without even knowing it. That's right. And like I said, yes, these are direct quotes from the founder of the Church of Satan. And listen, y'all, don't shoot the messenger. As an ex-witch, I am here to educate. I am here to tell you what I know, what I've seen, and what I've done as rituals and satanic practices on the day of Halloween so that you as a Christian can be more prepared. But let's look at what the Word of God says first. Oh, it's so easy to be like, well, what do I do? My family celebrates. My friends celebrate. What are my kids going to think? They've celebrated before and now we won't. What are the, what's the world going to think? What am I going to do? John 15, verse 18 into 20. And it says, if the world hates you, Know that it has hated me before you. That's right. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. In the book of Psalms, it talks about how we are supposed to be strangers to the world. It talks about in the Bible how we are supposed to be in the world, but not of it. So what does this mean for us? It means that you will have to stand on the truth, on the word of God. It says to be friends with the darkness is to be in enmity with God. And so if you're watching this video and your struggle is, well, I don't even think Halloween is dark. The month of October starts the season of the witches. It starts the season of the demonic because on October 31st and November 1st, which is Halloween and the Day of the Dead, the spiritual veil is at its thinnest. This means that on these days, demonic spirits get to transfer from the spirit to the physical as much as they please. And there is a lot of preparation in the month of October before this day comes. Witches literally gather together in the month of October to go to stores, go to neighborhoods, go to anywhere they can, put hexes over candy. They put hexes over Halloween costumes. They do seances and rituals over neighborhoods. They literally curse every single aspect that involves this holiday. And you go and you pay money for it to bring it into your home, to let your kids ingest it, to put it out on your front porch, to signify what? 
whether you are aware of it or not, you are signifying in the spirit that you come into agreement with these demonic beings so that they can now have open doors and portals directly into your home, directly into your children, directly into your marriage, wherever you invite these things, the costumes, the candy, the decorations, wherever you put these things, they are now altars for the demonic to come in and out as they please. And I mean, there are things that look so innocent, carving a pumpkin, innocent, right? I'm always going to probe you guys to look at the origin. Where did this come from? Many, many years ago, the origin of carving pumpkins actually came from the awareness in the spirit that the veil was thin on the night of Halloween and the day before the Day of the Dead. Therefore, what people would do was carve scary faces into pumpkins to put them on their porch to ward off evil spirits, to literally scare off the demonic because they knew how real it was, they knew how scary it was, and they knew how detrimental it could be to their family and their home. So they would carve these faces and these pumpkins, put them on their front porch, but what they didn't realize was this. By doing this, they were literally channeling the demonic spirits they were trying to ward off. And so when you go do this, you are doing the exact same thing. Now, if y'all want to do some festive stuff, go carve a cross in a pumpkin. Go carve a fish in a pumpkin. That will ward off evil spirits. Go pray over your home. Go anoint your walls. Go, go plead the blood of Jesus over your family and your home on the month of October, on the day of Halloween. But you don't need to be carving these demonic faces in pumpkins and literally creating an altar to the demonic in front of your home. I will all and you know what's funny? And ever since the other day, two days ago, well, not yesterday, but the day before that, I literally was praying, God, please put a hedge of protection in the blood of Jesus around my wife, around my daughter, around our home and the ground and the earth that it sits on in our area. And boy, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it? God answers prayers and delivered a huge snowstorm in our area because you go 15 minutes just up the road, they hardly got anything, but just pounded our area and canceled Halloween, basically ultimately canceled Halloween because no, and everybody's confused because nobody knows when to go out trick or treating. Like nobody knows. I think it's absolutely amazing. And I think God delivered us a huge blessing with that freak snowstorm because everyone kept talking about it we haven't seen snow like this ever on halloween not like this so thank you god for that snow i mean i hated shoveling it but thank you <laughs> it really is interesting and i find it fascinating and somewhat disheartening though to a degree to observe how many people so again going back to the the, the title of the second half of the show sleep awakened and back to sleep what do you mean by that all right well hear me out because I observe how quickly many people become aware of various atrocities and crimes against humanity, right? Particularly those that are involving defenseless, you know, individuals like children and vulnerable women, right? But yet it's striking how easily they can be swayed by mainstream media once they start consuming it, right? Once they start turning on the boob tube and they start watching TV, often due to the influence of their less aware spouses. Because we all know that you always have one really awakened you know, person in the marriage and the other one's completely asleep, right? Like that seems to be the, uh, you know, the norm, except in the Jones household where we're all awakened, including my daughter, right? But it's like as though they are reprogrammed. The minute they turn on that TV to dismiss the issues of human trafficking and accountability, right? Believing there's no hope for this country, believing there's no hope for those that are captured, right? And 
believing that there's going to be no accountability or responsibility, and they believe that there's no hope for this country in general, right? I mean, they, they basically fall back under the spell of mainstream mockingbird media, which is or was operated by the CIA. I mean, we're not really entirely sure. I'm convinced that it's all captured by white hat operations, right? Military. But again, that's just, an, you know, an opinion. I don't know. Right. I don't I don't know. And these powerful entities are viewed by some as almost mystical, right? Almost like the like wizards, warlocks, and witches, like the one we just heard from, or at least a former witch. She was a former witch, right? But these people who are in these places of power are wizards and warlocks and witches. And, you know, they basically are within satanic structures of influence. I mean, these people are part of a demonic brotherhood of sorts, right? I mean, they go to great length to maintain their grip on a system that is rapidly unraveling as more people break free from the illusion that it was built upon. But again, it's amazing and disheartening to witness this phenomenon because it highlights the apparent weakness of the average man or woman out there and their critical thinking abilities. I mean, it seems like I don't know. It seems like like that critical thinking is sorely lacking in our society with people seemingly unable to apply common sense and think independently and critically. I mean, it's ridiculous to witness, to be quite honest with you. But here's the thing. I will say this. It's not entirely their fault. I I, I don't I really I'll, I'll be fair and say I don't think it's in people's entire. You know, it's it's not entirely their fault. Because. The system's power structures have been designed to discourage independent thought in dissent. See, all they wanted is to create a society of mindless worker drones to do their work and shut the hell up and sit down. That's it. See, these structures don't want people like you and I to think for ourselves, right? Nor do they want us to challenge the system. They don't want us challenging the status quo. In the moment, a few of us start to, you know, gain traction, the more people start recognizing the reality for what it really is, is the same moment that their control over the world begins to weaken. And some in our own circles, including family and friends, right? You know, they understand, right? They understand and see that the military's effort, you know, they, they understand the military's efforts to address these issues, which is backed by we, the people in general assembly, by the way, right. They like, they see these things, right. They, and they understand and believe in the existence of the tunnels and the dumbs, right. The deep underground military bases, the black military, right. They, they, they acknowledge that there's tunnel systems for child trafficking and human trafficking, right? They understand and have heard of the horrors of adrenochrome harvesting, right? They're aware that politicians and elites have been involved in these activities and atrocities against man. But when they turn on the TV, the minute they turn on a damn TV, Guess what? They're influenced by the less and, and they're influenced by their less aware spouses, right? They start doubting their beliefs, thinking that perhaps ah, maybe human trafficking doesn't really exist. Uh, maybe Biden is the legitimate president, right? Maybe he's not really dead or or that adrenochrome harvesting is a baseless conspiracy. I mean, the cartoon South Park poked fun at these atrocities, I mean, which which are occurring. So it, it must not be true, right? I mean, why would a cartoon 
Or who would design a cartoon to make light of such a serious situation? Right? I mean, it's perplexing to me how people can easily believe one thing based on research and deep exploration and going down the rabbit hole and, and really using critical thought and research only to be reprogrammed when they're exposed to the TV again. This highlights what I perceive as a lack of critical thinking and a rather weak-minded approach. I'm just saying it for what it is. And these individuals, they may not be stupid, but they appear to be easily influenced and ignorant. Easily influenced and ignorant. Some people may not even be suitable for a grand jury. You know, so I should say this. People like this, these weak-minded people, they're not suitable for a grand jury. So while you talk to 100 people and you might only get one person, guess what? The other 99 probably falls under this category. They're just quick to turn on the TV and they're quick to get reprogrammed and they're quick to just sit there eating Cheetos naked, naked you know, sitting on a beanbag like Ron White. These people have an inability to be on a grand jury. It, you know, if they if they can't if they can't use critical thinking skills, then that means they're not going to have the ability to differentiate fact from fiction and exercise common sense and critical thinking skills when it is vital. Overall, it's crucial that we have strong-minded people with critical thinking abilities in positions of relevance and leadership in the assembly, right? As they are better equipped to deliberate on significant cases against dangerous individuals. Weak-minded people who can't discern fact from fiction and are easily swayed are not the ideal candidates for such roles. So while you talk to 100 people, don't get discouraged when you only get one or none because maybe those hundred that, that group of 100 people are weak-minded people who can't be critically who can't critically think. Don't feel bad. We need quality, not quantity, folks. And I'm not trying to poke fun at the status correctors out there, but this would be the would be, you know, the, this would be the status correctors, for example. How can you defend and protect others in our nation, right? Being part of an assembly and a grand jury when you can't even recognize when you're being duped and, and being brought down yourself through the by through your own freaking ignorance and lack of self-education and understanding. You can't even protect yourself. How do you expect to protect the nation in assembly and deliberate in, on important cases on a grand jury? Like how? You can't. You can't be a watcher on the wall when you can't even watch your own ass. Does that make sense? Or am I just puffing hot, you know, just blowing hot air here? See, here is what I have to say to people who are weak-minded. Who don't know how to demonstrate critical thinking because they've been taught to just sit down and shut up and accept the status quo. Pull your head out of your rear end, wipe the crap out of your ears, wipe your eyes clean, and use your basic senses to do some reading and listening and conduct basic analysis of actual facts and evidence that is presented out there in the public purview already. Here's another suggestion, and while I can appreciate a good sitcom and enjoy a little leisurely entertainment, mindless entertainment, without by the way, being mentally manipulated behind subliminal messaging. Why don't you try turning off the damn TV?
take your head out of your rear end and turn off the TV. Start listening to God. Open up your Bible. Try to attempt to hear what he's trying to tell you, what he's maybe trying to call you towards. Tune out the noise and stop endlessly scrolling through social media hours on end. Try to do something productive. Use your talent and treasures that God installed in you for good. Try to figure that out. What's your calling? Why don't you try to do something productive which would benefit your family at the very least, but mankind as a whole? I mean, what kind of talent and treasures do you have in your arsenal that God gave you straight out of the factory, which was factory installed by him the day you were born, to serve him and his people? See, the time for complacency and laziness as well as willful ignorance is over. Stop being a mindless worker drone and be a freaking leader and a change maker and a watcher on the wall. Pull your head out of your rectum, turn off the TV and stop accepting the status quo. Are you a drone or are you a critical thinker who solves problems? Because if you're a drone, then you don't deserve a right to continue bitching and moaning about what's going on in our country if you're not willing to stand up and actually do something about it. Assemble your county and state for crying out loud. You want to know more about it? Go to national-assembly.net. Educate yourself. Jason, you're kind of sounding very aggressive, kind of mean. I'm sick and tired of people's stupidity. I'm telling you, like the story I told you at the beginning of the show, I met two of the dumbest people in Allegan County earlier, and I'm not trying to be mean, but seriously. But again, I'm going to reiterate this one simple statement again. If you're one of those people who gripes and moans about the system and how you're getting screwed every which way you can imagine, but doesn't really attempt to be part of the solution, then stifle yourself, step aside and be quiet. I got one more. I got two more audios going to play before we close us out. Here's the other one that my wife sent me. Uh, the same girl, right? The former witch who uh, converted her life and you know gave her life to Christ. I, I love. I love listening to this. Listen to what she has to say here too, as well. Oh wait, 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 wait. I think we're just going to go there. I think we're just going to talk about it. How I went from a second generation white witch to a follower of Jesus Christ and on fire for God. So for as long as I can remember, I have always felt things, experienced things, seen things, heard things that weren't typical for anyone else and didn't understand where that was coming from or why. I think the first time that I remember like identifying myself and speaking that word curse over myself um, as a witch was when I was probably like seven. It was, I had watched Matilda for the first time. And in that movie, um, I watched this really young girl. I was probably the same age as her when I started watching it. She was going through the same things that I would experience. She would like feel things, see things, things would happen. And she never could identify it until she came out as a witch. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I am. I got into a relationship with someone who was extremely abusive on all fronts, physical, emotional, sexual, spiritual, just awful. And it stripped me of every identity that I thought I had. Every bit of what I thought I was or who I was was stripped from me. One of those relationships where I just felt like nothing at the end of it. By the time I was 18 years old, I had no self-worth. I was thought I was completely unworthy of love, just worthless to the absolute core. Um, and I just didn't have any identity anymore. 
And so when I was about 13 years old, my grandmother started to be really outward around me about her identity as a good witch, a white witch. And I remembered, you know, like, oh my gosh, I remember that movie. I remember Matilda finding her identity. I, you know, my grandmother's telling me this is her identity and I resonate so much with both of them. She's right. This is for me. And and she would constantly speak that over me, that, that word curse that I had come into agreement with at seven years old. She was now speaking over me through a generational curse, through a curse on my bloodline to, you know, in Satan's eyes, hopefully and eventually pass through me to my kids. She was speaking over me. You have the gift. You have the ability. You're operating in light. Don't, don't ignore it. Don't push it away. Don't be scared. It's good. Um, and so I started to really take on that identity. It started with very innocent seeming things, right? Like I said, you know, the Bible says that Satan comes disguised as an angel of light. And that's so right. that's, that's seemingly exactly what it was. It was just light work, right? Started with zodiac signs. That would be the false light, ladies and gentlemen. That would be the false light, just FYI. It started with um, astrology and birth charts. It started with horoscopes. It started with crystals. And then it went into manifestation. And then it went into um, the Enneagram. And, and just these things that seem so innocent, right? Um, wolves disguised in sheep's clothing, really, is what it was. And, and it wasn't until maybe... 15 that I started to get really into the craft. 15 years old, I got my first spell book, which was passed down to me generationally through my grandmother. Um, I started doing spells and got into much deeper things like astro projecting, opening my third eye. I was traveling in my dreams. I was just absolutely consumed with finding that next level of consciousness, becoming my highest self, awakening my inner goddess, whatever that was. I was trying to become my own god, trying to paint my own future. Um, and along with that really deep witchcraft of tarot cards and Ouija boards and all these things, these portals that I was opening every day came absolute torment. I started to experience things that I can only imagine in the depths of hell, to be honest with you. I started experiencing intense sleep paralysis. I remember one night I woke up in the middle of the night around 3 a.m., which I'm sure I'm not the first person that you've heard say that. There's a reason for that. Um, the 3 a.m. mark is a way to mock the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I would wake up constantly from knocks on my window, three knocks. Um, I always saw things in, in multiples of threes, but I woke up one night and I couldn't move. My body was like chained to my bed. My mind was awake. My eyes were open, but I couldn't move. And I heard laughing, bouncing off the walls, just like bouncing off the walls in my room. It was a girl, a little girl laughing. And I could hear voices over top of each other, like coming on to me, like kind of like grabbing at me like that. And it, they were saying like, we got her, we got her laughing. And I remember I couldn't wake up. I couldn't scream. I couldn't do anything. And I was stuck there. And it felt like I was stuck there for hours. Really, I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, it was only a couple minutes, but that's only one experience that I had. There was another time where I was sitting in my living room meditating. I was sitting in a yoga pose, unknowingly channeling Hindu gods, literally right there in the middle of my house. And I was starting to see in the spirit what was in front of me. Like I was there with my eyes open and I wasn't. My eyes were closed and I could see my entire living room. I could see my house just as it was in the physical realm. But I watched a demon walk from my hallway, which is on like the top right hand side of where I'm seeing my vision, walk through the living room, stand right in front of me. I'm, this thing was probably 10 feet tall, this black, dark, like lanky looking like almost like an alien, no face, just stood right in front of me, got down in my face and was like this.
and just looked at me like that for what seemed like hours. I couldn't scream. I couldn't move. I was stuck. I was so oppressed by this spirit that I literally physically couldn't move. There were so many times like this and it even started to affect people that were outside of what I was practicing. My roommate calls me one night, 3 a.m. as I'm having panic attacks every night at 3 a.m., anywhere from three to six hours long. She called me and I was like, why is she awake? It's normal for me to be awake at this hour, but why is she awake? And she calls me and says, you need to come in here right now. There's somebody in my room. And I was like, what? There's someone in your room and you want me to come in there and you're calling me on the phone? Like, this doesn't make sense. And so I ran in there, opened the door and the look on her face, I'll never forget it. She told me later that when I opened that door, the man, the person, the demon that was standing in her room flew. Like it, it went out of the window as soon as she saw me open the door. And I asked God later in my walk, like, why did that happen? And he exposed to me, that demon no longer needed to be in her room when you entered it because I was so oppressed by so many demons. I was being absolutely tormented. I would see things. I would hear things. I was just consumed by the spirit guides that used to like direct me in light and love were now nasty beings. They were mean to me. They told me to do awful things. I would see things like I would do that all the time. My friends would be like, what are you looking at? I'm like, you didn't see that? I was absolutely controlled by the demonic at this point. And I thought that I was being, you know, awakened to a new level, but really I was being absolutely tormented by depression, anxiety, sleep paralysis, demonic encounters every day. And I could sit here and tell you guys all of the horrible things that this brought into my life, how much I was seeking to find identity in that and how much the new age and witchcraft told me that I would reach this place where I would have abundant peace and light and operating goodness. And I never felt it. I was seeking in those things, everything that God could give me, everything that came from Jesus, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. I was seeking for it in witchcraft and I was promised that I would eventually get there and never did. And that's what the devil wants you to think is that you will eventually arrive and you won't. These things can only be found in Christ. And once I found them, he delivered me. He set me free. Love, joy, and peace were not something that I was striving for. It's something that I had eternally and Satan could no longer take those things from me. He absolutely changed my life. He took every single thing that I was struggling with, the torment, and he sent it back to the gates of hell where it came from. And I promise you, he will do the same for you. Yep, absolutely. I, I love everything. I'm glad my wife sent me that video because that was very, very good. That, that, that's what Satan does. He tries to deceive you and trick you into believing oh you're reaching a higher level you're going to reach enlightenment you're going to be able to you know do this you'll be able to live in peace you're going to have abundance you're going to have this you're going to be able to move into this dimension it just it's honestly and all honesty you don't hear about any of that stuff from the mouth of christ and yes i understand that the bible has probably been manipulated on more than one occasion, there's probably books, in my opinion, that have, are missing, right? Scrolls that are very relevant that should be in the Bible and probably are not. But, you know, here's the thing. God, the Father in heaven, the perfect God that created heaven and earth, right? He gives us enough to still be able to have that connection with him. So I'm not really too entirely worried about it because it's through reading my Bible and through having an active and honest conversation and relationship with Father in heaven where I have had a true transformation. So I know he's real and I know he's moving mountains in not just my life, but my family's life. So 
whether the Bible has been manipulated a million times or one time or no times, at the end of the day, reading it has transformed our lives for the better. And you know what? There is power in that name of Jesus. There really is. Hence why this podcast exists for the reason that it exists. And maybe that's exactly what what God wants me to do. Maybe he just wants me to stick around more of these types of conversations, glorify him more, glorify his son more, because more people, look, we're not going to be able to do anything in assembly or anything in, in our government and doing the people's work for that matter. If we don't center God around it. Yeah. But Jason, what if I don't believe in God? What if I can, can an atheist not become part of the assembly if they don't believe in God? Not necessarily. I mean, yeah, if you're going to be an atheist, I guess, you know, we're not going to shun you. I mean, if you got good talents and treasures and you want to, you know, put that to good use and, and, and help restore your Republic. Hey, great. Hopefully in the process, God enters your life and you accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. But if not, Hey, that's cool. You know, whatever. It's not my job to do that. Okay. I trust in God. The father in heaven is going to do all that hard work on you. And it's not up to me to do that. So, my point is, is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's assembly. It doesn't matter if it's success, you know, excelling at your job. It doesn't matter what, what the, what the area in your life is. If you don't center God and Jesus and the Holy spirit in and around everything you do and everything that you are and everything that you try to accomplish and just put God at the center of it all, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. Because what's going to eventually happen is people end up making concessions and they start making deals with the devil. And I'll be damned if I start making deals with the devil. His butt can go back down to hell where he came from. <clears throat> My neighbor was just asking me when he was coming home from work after he picked up his son from daycare. He was like, what are you going to do? He goes, you know, obviously I was shoveling my driveway. He's like, this is crazy. You know, this snow, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we don't really care. You know, because he, he was talking about, oh, man, what are the trick-or-treaters going to do? You know, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just going to go out to eat. We're going to shut off all the lights, and I'm going to let that big white cross illuminate in my backyard that can be seen from the street, and uh, and we're just going to avoid Halloween altogether. And he looked at me kind of confused. He goes, you don't, you guys don't celebrate Halloween? I said, nope, not anymore. We're going on year two. He goes, if you don't mind me asking, why? And this is exactly how I answered. I said, I'm done being friends with the world. And he's like, okay, I, I can appreciate that. I said, yeah. I said, that's all there is to it. I'm just, I'm done being friends with the world. So I like what Destry says. He says, can an atheist handle being in a room full of God fearing people who do pray, who do prayers at every meeting? That's a very good, that's a very good point. That's right. So, I mean, again, you know, atheists are welcome because more than likely what's going to happen is that atheist, when you have enough God-fearing men and women in a room praying before and after a meeting, more than likely that atheist is going to turn their life over to Jesus. It's just a matter of time. See, God works great. God is good all the time, right? And all the time, God is good. One last audio piece, 40 seconds. This is going to give you a prelude of what we're going to discuss tomorrow morning on the podcast for those of you that are, you know, want to join me in the morning with coffee, okay? But I feel in my heart this is the way God is leading me to discuss these types of topics. Human trafficking, right? Which is why I'm going to start getting involved with truckers against trafficking. I cannot believe the amount of stories that I've been hearing and listening to. 
So here's a prelude of what we're going to be kind of discussing tomorrow. 40 seconds. The house that I grew up in was in a middle to upper class neighborhood in a smaller sized town that looked picturesque like it would be on a postcard. Old Victorian homes and places that you would visit and take pictures of and brag about to your friends. But what they didn't know is that if you walked inside of my home, it was anything but a postcard. I was trafficked by my mom from ages 6 to 18. My mom was a nurse who helped everyone else, but she never helped me. She was trafficked from 6 years old to 18 by her own mother, who was a nurse. But yet people want to be asleep on that. They want to claim that they're awakened, but then when they turn on the TV, they're back to sleep again. The world's a good place. No evil exists. Halloween is good. And dressing up in costumes and getting candy, there's no harm in it. Like th These are the people that I'm talking about. They were asleep, they've awakened, and now they're back to sleep again. But they, they want it, but they, these are the same people that want to say that this type of these type of atrocities don't exist in, in middle to upper class suburbia. So this is what we're going to start talking about going forward. I got a lot to cover on this, got a lot of information, got a lot of audio pieces that we're going to be touching on in, in the future. And more importantly, we got a lot more scriptures we're going to be digging into because I think this is the way God wants me to move. There's probably a reason why Brock wasn't feeling well today. I hope he feels well. There's a reason why he's not on this show when he canceled. I wasn't even mad. I just kind of, after I read the text, to, you know, and he was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. I just, I don't feel well. I'm like, dude, that's fine. Like when you're, when you're ready, let me know. No pressure, you know, no big deal. I wasn't even mad. Wasn't even mad because the way I look at it, this was God's will. And so when you, turn your life over to Christ and God and you, you know, 100% surrender your life over to them. Things will happen. You won't even understand, but it's not up to me to try to understand it. All I'm going to do is just trust it. That's it. And I like what Oscar put here, Titus two chapter two verses 11 through 15. And it reads, and this is from the new King James version Bible. It reads for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteous, uh, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. I like it. And let's see, it says, speak, speak these things. And I think it might have got cut out. Um, maybe it got cut out here. But I like that. Thank you, Oscar, for sharing that. I absolutely like that. And then he says, Titus exhorts and rebukes with all authority. Let no one despise you. Yeah. Yep. That's right. <sighs> so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's really all I got for you today. Um, we're going to be covering some pretty heavy topics going forward into the future um, and future shows here. 
Um, but I really believe that this is exactly how God wants me to move. I'm not going to turn that down. I'm not going to ignore that because every time I try to ignore something that, you know, is being moved deeply inside me, it ends up getting uh, heavier with the messaging. And then eventually I get, I end up getting slapped upside by, you know, upside my head by God. And he's like, Hey, dummy, I told you, this is what we need to do. Are you going to listen? And then I'm like, gosh, darn it, God, that really hurt. Yeah, it was supposed to hurt because you're not listening. So I don't want to get smacked upside my head a second time by God because it does hurt if you're not listening. So anyway, that's all we got for you, ladies and gentlemen. And again, I do apologize for uh, the show change up and everything like that. But tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, I'll be on live. We're going to I got some audio pieces and. Oh, I tell you what, something that's going to pull on your heartstrings. But ladies and gentlemen, we do need to discuss these things because there are things that you could be aware of that could, you know, even though you might not be a trucker, okay, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're retired. The things that you'll learn from the audio that I'm going to play, you can apply while you're out at the grocery store or while you're at Hobby Lobby or while you're at, you know, the gas station pumping gas, especially at a gas station. You know how many children I see all the time? being, you know, switching hands by what presumably appears to be mom and dad that are divorced. Do you understand that a gas station, people don't even pay attention because it's such a public place. So many things are happening. People are smoking weed in their cars. At least here in Michigan, they are. So many parents I see are switching their kids, you know, with their schedules at the parking lot in a gas station all the time. You know how easy it is? for a trafficker to blend in with that type of, uh, appearance. Do you understand how easy traffickers get away with this crap? So the stuff we're going to be listening to will help you hopefully be better equipped of what to be aware of and how to look for trafficking and, and what it looks like and what you can do, what numbers you can call to help hopefully rescue someone from a trafficking situation. I'm happy that my company that I work for, it's not my company, but the company that I work for, I'm happy that they're taking this initiative and they're taking it serious and partnering up with truckers against trafficking. I'm so excited for this. So anyway, I hope, I hope you all have a great day, great night, wherever you're at in the world. Crack open your Bible. Read it at least four times a week minimum. It will transform your heart and you will see positive changes. Might I also add, get a gratitude journal. Write down at least five things daily, what you're thankful for. And watch how much happier you're going to be going forward into your life with Christ living inside of you. I hope you all have a great day or night, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war on tradition. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. This is a war, this is a war
This is a war that we living through Never reveal to you that they also leaving killing you They don't tell you what the hell you agreeing to She been a hurting you, don't know who leading you Keep on proceeding to follow your mind is so hollow Are you being coddled by government swallowing up everything that the media tell you Without a question or a problem All of the sheep being slaughtered, they poison the water Removing the father and trusting these daughters Ignoring blue collar, keep printing the dollar And washing your sons and your daughters Ain't got any honor if I'm being honest I just ain't picking this side But I'm not around for my freedom and die for my freedom And question the government lies A lot on my mind, it's so little time Gotta think all of us needing a sign The devil he hides an ego and pride They sell and they sell and they paying the price God won't give you more than you can handle Government should be dismantled Every politician got a scandal Prepare for the war, we going to battle This is a war on religion This is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war on tradition This is a war on religion This is a war on the children Living in meat that's still Don't stand up for something You falling for nothing No way to the world That we know fall ill This is the revelation Of our generation Losing civilization I'm the Terminator Just to liberate us With our dedication Fuck the Terminator Fuck your medication The administration Can I alienate us Or exterminate us I'll just keep on praying For your salvation You are outdated Society becoming outrageous Keep your house painted For the firstborn The angel of death In its worst form We being scorned Look out for they horns Remember this isn't their first war They coming prepared So just be aware They do not want to hear None of your prayers This is a war That ain't playing fair They feed off your fear They wanting you scared Death and despair It's all in the air Just be aware you think I care? The more that you know, the more that it's clear This is a war, it's this already here This is a war on religion This is a war on the children They give you the cure with the sickness This is a war on tradition This is a war on religion This is a war on the children Sound. Where's the bold and the brave? We all have to stand our ground. Home of the slave, till the crickets make a sound. Where's the bold and the brave? We all have to stand our ground. This is a war on religion. This is a war on the children. They give you the cure with the sickness. We are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show.
Don't forget to check out the website, www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Joining us here at His Heart Line. We'll see you back here next time.